0: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. I am joined by Hallie Lorner, my chief of staff, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Uh, I'm going to timestamp this podcast. It is uh, March 18th uh, at 9.56 a.m., <laughs> in case you want to do it. I just, I just listened to a podcast and they timestamped it for the relevance of this timing and history that we're going through. I thought that was kind of important. Because what I want to talk about today is really leading... Um, not only yourself in terms of of self leadership, but how to actually make tough decisions. And the reason why I want to have this conversation is because, as this coronavirus um, started to unplay, particularly in the United States, there was this first kind of, hey, we need some inspiration, like you know, keep everybody collective and calm and kind of moving forward, which you always need, right? And we got on, we did webinars, and people on YouTube are watching all of that, which is great. Um, and then when we sat here, it's like you know, we're going we're going to talk about leading through uncertainty, different things, but really when I sat down and thought about it and just had a conversation with Caitlin and Hallie, I said, what did my day look like yesterday from 6 a.m. until basically 6.30, 7 o'clock last night? What was the conversations people were wanting to have with me? All over, business owners, people on my staff, um, just you know, mortgage loan officers, people that are running businesses, doggy daycares because nobody's bringing their dogs to the daycares anymore. All these people, right? And they wanted to know, how do I make a tough decision right now? And that's really what it is, and so this is just not only uh, relevant for the time that we're going through right now, but it's also relevant for how do you leadership is making tough decisions. Before this uh, this virus kicked in, I was doing a uh, um, a mastermind with some individuals and some business owners, and they asked me. They said, "Well, you know, well, what what do I do when that happens?" And I said, "Well, congratulations, that's leadership." <laughs> I said, "That's leadership because you get to now make these very tough decisions." which nobody else wants to make, (laughs) especially right now. It's very easy for people to kind of jump up and get from behind your computer and say, hey, we're all gonna be great and this is gonna be amazing. But then all of a sudden people kind of go, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) It's very like, you know, kind of like out there and it's great, but all of a sudden the rubber's in the road now. Things are halting, things are slowing. You have to start making decisions personally and in your business. So, let's talk, Hallie, about how do you actually make these tough decisions? First and foremost, the thing that you need to do is make sure, and we'll we always gonna talk about this make sure that you're centered yourself. If you, what do I mean by centered yourself? It just means whether you're using three, two, one, relax. We've been teaching that to a lot of people because people start to get caught up in drama. And remember, there's drama and the, or there's reality. And then there's drama that you bring into reality. And I see a lot of people looking at reality and then all of a sudden they're bringing their drama into the reality to stir it up. And it makes them feel good about the situation because they're contributing to some sort of things. And like, look, there's reality as you're looking at it and you're making decisions based on reality. But the minute you bring your own drama into the reality, you're actually not helping. It's just your personal garbage, you're bringing that into it. So stay away from the drama. You look at reality, you're facing it. Now you start making decisions on this. If you're not centered, if you're not practicing surrender, if you're not doing three, two, one, relax, if you're not just breathing, counting to get outside of your mind, whatever you're doing, if you're not centering yourself, the decisions that you're going to make are gonna be, a bake, gonna be mostly about you, about how you're feeling, about what you're doing. I'm not saying that's not important at some point, but if you're doing it purely based on that, it could jeopardize the decisions that you're making. And what I don't want people to do when they're making these decisions is when you wake up from any type of event that occurs, you may be going through your own event where somebody sues you, which we've experienced um, in, in our organization. We walk you through that examples or when somebody leaves your company that's big or a big client leaves or a government intervention happens You know, outside of what's going on now that causes major decisions that you have to be made. If you make them out of fear or scarcity or insecurity or how you're self-indexing for yourself, if you're making it from that place, you, you're likely going to hurt the organization instead of help it. And so while it make you feel like you're making a decision, I want to make sure that you're centered and clear before you're making this decision. So what do you do? First, you center yourself and just say, hey, what am, I, am I bringing personal agendas into this conversation? Or am I looking out for the organization? Am I looking out for the business? If you're Even if you're a sole proprietor, you're you're still gonna ask the question, well, like I'm a sole proprietor, I kind of work by myself. Shouldn't I make it all about myself? Well, make it about your clients. Make it about your community. Make it about something other than you and the clarity will start coming in from this. So the first thing to making any decision that you need to do is the clarity. So when clarity comes in, you have to understand what do you want to accomplish when times are uncertain and any, again, if you're, the world may not be going through something, but maybe you're going through something. That means there's uncertainty that's happening there. The first thing you do is, is when this is over, because remember the rain always ends in every storm. So when the rain ends, you're going to be sitting there waking up and going, how did I just, how did I lead? How did I act? What did I do during this time? Right. So you stop and you go, okay, in 60, 90, a year, two years, depending on how long the storm is for you, you sit there and go, Well, how do I what do the outcome that I want to happen at the end of this? And then you just work backwards to start making these decisions today. And so in in whether it's a week, whether it's a day, whether it's a year or two years, just start in the end and say, I just It's like a bear coming out of hibernation, right? I've been using that analogy. It's like all of a sudden, like, you know, bear's been sleeping for a while, bear comes out of hibernation and it kind of looks around and it's kind of like you, like when you come out of whatever event that's unfolding in front of you that you're going through, when you come out of it, because you always do, you always come out of the event. If you come out of the event, how do you want it to look, right? How do you want to have acted? right? That's the key is like, what is your character in this? How do you want to look back and go, man, I really did the right thing here. Because we've all done things where maybe we were more self-indexed and we thought about ourselves and we got through it and it didn't feel right once we got through it, did it? Versus when you take the time to go, okay, that's what I mean by bringing yourself into it. Instead of separating that out there and saying, okay, what can I do to support this, right? And then at the end, how do I want to wake up and, and realize this? I know you have some questions right now, Hallie.
1: Well, I think it would, I mean, even helpful for me, maybe a specific example of some of the decisions that we've either made in the past or ones that we're going through right now and like walk us through your actual thought process of how you're, you know, step-by-step step of how you make that end, that end decision and, you know, the t- how long does it take? Yeah. Um, you know, what are you considering along the way? Yeah. Who do you bring into those conversations?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and you may have to remind me about that question in a second because there's a, I want to also start that you should be practicing decision-making now so that when an event comes in there, you're not forced to have to throw yourself into... It's like if, if you want to go run a marathon, you should be practicing longer miles than maybe a mile every day and then. So you want to you train yourself now for making decisions, starting small, so that when big ones come, you're prepared for them so that you know, people think that they raise up in levels of training. The reality is, is you actually fall back to the highest level of training that you have. In, in times
1: of right, in, challenge and yes, crisis. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
0: And again, it, right now we're experiencing a world crisis, but every business, every human being has problems and challenges weekly, right? Daily, right? I mean, you sit at your house on a Sunday afternoon and like there's a challenge, <laughs> right? So it's there's always these things that are come up. Some are larger than others. So for me, the first thing that I do is when I start getting this, I just get clear on, okay, am I okay? Am I centered? And a lot of times I'm not, right? So when the first thing that goes in there um, I go, am I bringing something in this? And I go, yeah, I am. So before I even start making decision, I go, okay, I need to three, two, one, relax this. I need to breathe through this. Actually the other day I did a meditation early when things were, people were coming to me left and right, left and right. I said, I just need to stop the world for a second. And for myself to not bring in all of this, cause I could feel myself being pulled into it. So I stopped. I didn't make a decision. I just stopped. I meditated again. And maybe you go for a run. Maybe you meditate. Maybe you listen to a podcast, I don't, whatever it is for you to just kind of just check for a second. Right. Because so that's the first step. And then I go, okay, what is the outcome I'm trying to achieve here? What do I need to happen? And then you then start working backwards from there. So if I if I need to cut expenses, let's just use that one because that's a big one right now, right? right? If I need to cut expenses, I need to go through this. The first thing I need to do is, okay, what is not nailed to the floor right now? What is not getting a return? Maybe there's some expenses that I've been playing around with that, you know, that we're hoping to, you know, you know, return an asset, but it's really just more of like an R&D, like a research and development, or you're more of like a gambling. You're kind of taking that, get rid of all of that stuff. So first eliminate all the expenses that you have. Once you eliminate that, then you go back and go, do I have any people? If you're running larger organizations, most likely you have people that you've allowed to be there because the cash flow can support it, or really the business can support it, but it's not you, right? So you've allowed the business to continue to support that. So all of a sudden, if the business starts to retract on the top line, you have to then start making adjustments on the business line. When people are putting budgets together, it's funny because there, you know, people always go, well, we haven't the budget for this, but nobody ever goes, this, have we hit the top line budget yet, mm-hmm. right? People forget about that number, right? And that number drives the rest of the budget. If there's not hitting the top line, then it doesn't matter what you can put together all the expenses that you want. So then you start working through and go, okay, well then it, let's just say we have to make an adjustment on people, right? Our organization did, you know, it's unfortunate. We just have to do these different things. So you, you go in there and say, okay, well then what can I do with the people that that I know that I need to keep? What additional resources or allocations of somebody else's time can can we bring into them? And then the second thing that goes into it, it goes, what can I take off of their plate to make room for the things that are most important that the organization actually delivers on right now? And so then when you do have to make a change in individuals, you, you with, you know, with respect, you let people go and you, and you help them. And then at that point, as you do that, you reallocate the, the, um, the responsibilities that they are to the people that you give. And then you, but at the same time that you do that, you have to clear other stuff off their plates because they need direction from you and what needs to happen and what needs to, um, what needs to transpire from there. So that's kind of how, it, that's, that's exactly how the, the thought process goes for me is first is making sure that you can see the end of this. So when you're coming out of this is where do you want your business to go? But by the way, we've been playing this game for, I say it's a game, business is a game, right? For two or three years, years we've known yeah. that a shift has been coming. We know that a recession's coming, right? I mean, we've, it's, we've been 13, almost 14 years of a just economic boom, highs follow lows. Lows drive highs. It's just the there's been 47 recessions in the last 200 years. Essentially, every three to four years, there's been a recession. When we were going 14 years, you just know that. So we started last year. I mean, we eliminated staff. We eliminated a whole bunch of expenses in different companies to prepare us while everything was still booming, right? We were learning to play in a new season while everyone was still playing in the fall. We were playing in the winter, right? And so when you do that, when things shift, you go, I'm prepared for this. You stock the way reserves, you get yourself personally set up and all these things. I say that because this is when these events come in there, one of the gifts you can do with this is you go, well, how much wasn't I was how much of this was I not paying attention to that I need to pay attention to now? And really what are the core activities that I need to be my team focused on? Right? There's you know, it's very easy to get fat in an organization because there's just a lot that you're working on that really doesn't matter. Versus really bringing it down to the things that need to actually be implemented into your business to move it forward. So these are great times to kind of to to work through those things. So for number one is when you go through a transition time, once you go through it, don't just all of a sudden pop back up and go directly back to spending everything you've done. Really assess where you're at and play this game of, okay, for the next 12 months on expenses, I'm going to cut 10% every month. I'm going to cut at least $100 or $50 or $1,000 or $100,000 depending on your budget is cut it. You'll be amazed at what you missed every month. I mean, do you remember how when we did this for our organization last year, every month I was like, we're going to make it a game. How much can we save? How much can we save? And in the beginning, if you remember this, I said, I want to get down to a certain dollar amount. And they said, there's no way that's possible. Yeah. And by the end of the year, we were there.
1: And not just that now we're actually cutting even now we're going even lower. Exactly. And cutting even more.
0: But in the beginning I said, I said, yeah, we probably won't get there. I knew we would, but I just, (laughs) I didn't, you know, you kind of help your team discover it. And then it wasn't me though. It was, I helped them get there. And then the team started going through and go, yeah, we can this. What if we just do that? Cause then everyone, what if we go back to a vendor and renegotiate that? What if we like personally, you know, if you have a car loan, you know, maybe you go refinance your own car loan, right? Maybe you re shop your insurance. You can, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You put energy on this. That's what I'm saying. You just you make it a game. So when you're making tough decisions right now, it's going to be tough decisions on, on expenses. And, and so you have to get real on this because and, and, here's what goes Which on Which often in has
1: to do with people. I mean, let's yes, be they, honest. Yes, and that's does. what makes it more so difficult.
0: Yeah. And so the other thing is you're going to look at this and you go, well, I just can't do without them. It's instantly, what people, I can't do without that. I can't do without this. And I go back and I go, well, how did you start your business? Did you have that when you started your business? And they go, well, no. I go, then did you, did you grow your business? And they said, well, yeah. And I said, well, then you didn't need it to do your business. It's a, it's a luxury in your business right now. It's not maybe mandatory. And then if somebody fights back goes, no, it's absolutely mandatory. I go, okay, I'll give you that one. What's the other one then? Because <laughs> there's always, the whole point of me asking the question is, is just getting them to think and go, well, that has to be it. I want to see how hard they're fighting for it. Because when you're, when you're, when you're coaching somebody or having this dialogue with just owners and I said, and they go, well, I have to have that. And I said, what about that? And they have to have that. I said, you just told me you have to have everything, but if you have everything, you're going to lose money. So that doesn't work. <laughs> right. I'm like, you gotta wake up to that. So then you wake up and you go, well, then what can you get rid of? And the interesting thing is, it's like how many people go into their closet and like, I can't get rid of that shirt. <laughs> right. No, seriously. Yeah. like, I can't get rid of that shirt. How often do you wear it? I haven't, but I could.
1: That's actually funny. Um we went through our, all of our closets this weekend and just like perched. eliminated. Yeah, we're just we purge our expenses, we're purging our physical stuff like it's just simplicity. Just simplicity. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing cuz it's like, you know, and then the question goes back. I go, "Would you buy that shirt again right now?" Well, no, I wouldn't. No. Well, you don't need it. Yeah, You don't need it. You 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 allow your mind to tell you what you think you need, right? Instead of actually experiencing. I always love to try to get to the floor of expenses. And then when the When it's bursting at the seams, then you add another expense in because then you're not really holding things accountable. You think people think they're holding their expenses accountable, they're really not. Really, like they're most people don't even have a they're not even reviewing their financials, they're not reviewing their expenses, they're not reviewing their benchmarks to their own industry of what this really is. They think they are, or may even prepared, but they're not really looking at this stuff. It's not fun, by the way. Fun's an interesting word, right? So when you're doing this is you have to go and you have to commit and saying, well, I'm going to cut out five grand out of this. And like if I, the way I also like to approach this and from my own companies, I said, if I was a board member, if Steve Jobs or if let's say, um, let's say Bill Gates decided that he just got rid of, he just got out of a couple boards. He's no longer in the Microsoft board and he left uh, Berkshire Hathaway's board. So maybe he'll join our board, right? right? (laughs) So anyway, so he'll, he'll come on. um, So Bill Gates comes under our board. What does he tell me? Because that, what it does is it removes your personal agenda into the organization of what you think you need. And then all of a sudden Bill comes in there and says, well, you don't need that, that, and that. And you go, and he's like, and I control it. So you better go do that. And you go do it and you learn how to operate in it right? You, everybody learns how to operate in a new, um, de- after your decisions, people learn how to operate from these things. And so when you, c- when you come in part of your decision-making goes is, so you get outside of that is who would, if I was operating as a board member, this way you have coaches too, right? The a good coach will come in there and say, well, do you really need that? 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 And then you see where they fight. And then you, you have to cut something, just start, start cutting something, And then it comes to people because this is the most difficult one and I, and I fully understand this, right? I mean, it's, it's never fun. Um, it's, you can feel like you're letting people down. You can feel like you should be able to keep them in there. All these different emotions should go on in there. At the end of the day, you, you're running an organization that when you have to make very tough decisions, they're very tough decisions. But I'll tell you, I've actually been fired from a company before um, when I was like, it was like my first job and it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm not saying everyone gets fired. It's the best thing that ever happens to them, but it happens.
1: It was not a reduction in force or a layoff, right? I mean, it was actually, you were fired. Yes, I actually was fired. <laughs> it's a little different. I was fired.
0: It's funny. The guy who fired me ended up getting like a, an award for our community like three years later and he was the one who presented and this is the last time I got to see him um, or then the next time I got to see him from it. So It was pretty That's interesting funny. to shake his yeah. hand. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but so the, uh, so when it comes to people, you have to just look and say, can we do without this? You, I know like, cause some people listening is like, well, isn't that numbers? <laughs> yes, it is. It's also your business. It's like, go to sports. If you know, Tom Brady just decided he's leaving the Patriots, right? And just, just kind of announce all this different stuff. If, and that came down the business, they didn't want to pay him what he wanted to pay. Like, so he left an organization where he was there for a long period of time because of money. Right. It doesn't mean that's always about he want to get paid a certain amount, they weren't gonna pay him, so we decided to leave. Right. It comes down to the employee gets the opportunity to decide they're not always going to, they may leave you too, right? They're all the people are always do that. That's gonna happen on both sides. You're gonna let people go and people are gonna leave you, right? It's part of organizations. If somebody, if an if a sports team is not performing and they need to reduce their overall salary cap, they let people go. They bring in other people that are less money and they rebuild the organization from there. It's because it's not there's it's easier I say it's easier it's still hard when people aren't performing because they're not performing people go I can let people go it's pretty I can do this
1: right because you plan on rehiring exactly yes
0: and and it's very easy like they're about attitude different things I'm talking about decisions where they're awesome people yeah they drive for you and you just can't afford them like your business no longer can afford business it. Business
1: can't afford it, right? The yeah. business
0: can't afford it. So then you literally. So here's a couple things you can do, right? First thing you can go back and say, does anybody want to take some, like you know, if it's, especially it's a big time, right? Does anybody want to take voluntary leave unpaid? Right. That's one option. Right. Or you can go back and you can say, Hey, does the entire by the way, I had this conversation last week with one of our organizations. Um, I said, Hey, if things get really tough and it gets and everything shuts down, I said, You know, what does it look like for everyone to take a 10 to 15, 20% pay cut? So nobody loses their job, everyone maintains it. Yet we are able to do and work through these things for a period of time right? So that's another option to do that in very tough times. Or the third one is just, you got to be able to execute layoffs at times, right? It's just when the business no longer can do this, you have to wake up. You have to be the one, you as the leader needs to be the one to make decisions. Unless it's somebody running a team and they can make that decision for you. But if you are directly involved with somebody, they need, you need to be the one making that decision, which most people listening most probably are. It's tough. It's not easy. It's tough. And, you know, here's the other thing on the same side. Maybe you're doing this because the business can't afford it. But here's the other one I hear a lot too is the person just hasn't grown with me, right? Like our business has outgrown them. And that's another convert. That's a very tough decision too as well.
1: Right, especially if they've been there for years and are loyal and that's a, that's a really tough decision.
0: Yeah, so then you, then you go, then people go, well, what do I do? And you go, well, what do you think you should do? You already know what to do. You're just asking me to validate what you need to do. And then are you willing to do it?
1: I think it's the "are you willing to do it" part. That's hundred percent that what it is. Most people know what they need to do
0: for years. People know yeah. what to do. Yeah. Every so you already know what to do, right? So then you just have to be willing to do it. It's
1: just the it's the emotions around it. So how do you se- separate those?
0: Well, and people go, um, well, they've been to my my wedding. They're, yeah. uh, they're, they're a their their child's like all these different things, right? And they're going on there, and, and um, so how you separate it is first and foremost you remove yourself and your own um biases and um your own garbage if you will into the conversation. Now, it's not always that cuz you may have some good times too, right? Yeah, I was gonna so, say it's not always garbage. No, it's it's also
1: like care, compassion um feeling like you said before like like you might be disappointing somebody or they have family a family to support. Um how do you how do you remove all that?
0: Yeah, well, uh, the first thing I'll say is it gets easier. <laughs> um easier in the sense that you make the decision because you know it's the right decision. That's what I mean by removing yourself. Like maybe is it like I'm just don't really like this person, so I'm letting them go, or is it that like they we just really or I like them so
1: much, I'm keeping them. Keeping them
0: exactly. That's what I mean by like removing your own personal thing. Like if and here's what I've typically found: when people, when you're feeling that they're not the right person for the organization and they're not the right fit there. You're actually relieving them. They get relieved because if they've been with you for a while, most of the time they're going, I can't let Hallie down. I've been, I, we've been here for 10 years together. I mean, she was at my wedding, just like you're saying I was at her wedding, right? Or whatever it is. And you're saying all this stuff to you. They can't let them down. Yet at the end of the day, when you, when you actually remove them from the seat, they go, thank you. They're actually relieved from this. I actually worked somebody through this. That was a CEO of a company and they put somebody into a CEO of an organization. And when that happened, they had it for a period of time for six months. And their conversation was going like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I went to them and I said, look, I said, you got to relieve this person. And they're like, well, no, they told me. I said, no, I can tell you by the way they're responding, their responses, they're actually more stressed and they are causing more issues. They went back and said, yes, we're going to remove you from this. And she was the happiest person It changed instantly. And they went back to, they went back to the position that she was really good at. She went back to the position that she was at. You just have to make these decisions for the organization in itself. Now, the mind will get in play here. The mind will get... Um, if you allow the mind to dictate what it is that you're doing instead of knowing what to do, because what I mean by like the secondary and, and third thoughts, because the first thought will come in and go, if Bill Gates come in here, what would he tell me to do? he go, tell me to go that like that Cause I, I, I ask Well, that's very this.
1: logical too. It, right? Yes. Well, yeah. you're
0: willfully coming yeah. in there thinking of a strategy and saying that then the mind will go, you can't do that.
1: Right. And here, and then give you a and million give you all reasons the re- why, and then, which then, are all emotional. Yes.
0: Which then you're watching your mind tell you why you can't do the first thing you need to be doing. And then when it tells you can't do the second thing, you're watching your mind telling you why the third thing, and then it tries to fix these things by, hey, you should just go do this, or what about this person? When the reality is you know what you need to do. So again, it just comes down to working consciousness um, or using business as consciousness to separate yourself from the emotions and from the people that are in there it's harder to say but once you understand this then it becomes easier to be able to work people through this and guide people through this
1: what if you don't necessarily i'm even thinking about this example that we had this past week where you don't always um for example tough decisions during this time cut expenses but you actually have to really there's it could be a million different answers to that question you know what the question is the question is how do we cut ten thousand dollars a month but you don't know what the answer is. So how, what is your thought process on how to determine what the right decision is? Like, what do, you, what do you go through? Do you gather information? Are you, who are you talking to?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you grab your team and you sit down with people or you sit down with yourself and you say, again, what needs to be removed from here? If you have to remove 5,000 or $10,000, you just gonna say, well, here's the line of what we're removing. We're gonna figure out exactly what needs to be removed. And then you literally just start saying, okay, this is important, but what's more important. And so you just make a list of all 10 things that you're doing that you're spending money on. And you say, well, five of these things need to be removed and removing five of these things gives us their $10,000, which five are we going to keep? And you just literally just, you make it like that. You'd say, I'm only keeping five. Yeah. I had, a, I had a friend of mine who runs a very big business when this kind of thing was going on, hundreds of employees, and he basically went to all of his leaders and said, what would it look like to run your entire division through VAs because we can't afford anybody? I want you to think that way.
1: Mm.
0: And then come back to me with who you need to keep.
1: It's a great question. Yeah. All
0: right? I mean, it's literally, so all you're doing is you're like, you go to the bottom of it and say, okay, if I had to run my organization on just one person in this division, who would I keep? Right Who would I keep? And then go to your key people. That's why you pour into your top people. You get them involved and you help them. They help you make decisions so they feel part of it. When I was talking about how we went through that scenario earlier with one of our companies, I just gave it all up to them and they came back to me every single time with this is what we can do, this is what we can do. I just guided them. I just said, we got to get to a certain path. They said, no. And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. And we did. And it's just, it takes time, but it, you, you going through these different things. So you ask yourself, what would it look like? I was actually um, working with a with a, an owner um, of a, of an organization who grew, 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 but their numbers weren't really growing in profit. And so what I, but their numbers were growing in revenue, but the profit wasn't really growing. And so they hired me to kind of work through these different things. And what we did, it was this exact type of conversation. I said, well, what would it look like to operate your organization right now? Given the same revenue numbers, what would it look like to operate it on 50% of your staff? And they're like, well, I just couldn't do it. I said, it doesn't matter if you can or can't. Just think about it for a second. So here's what you can do. You can go to each edge, right? Like, so like you can, especially in expense ones, you just go, well, how would it look like to operate at 50%? What would it look like? And I said, well, what I want you to do is I want you to go run those numbers. Tell me who you would keep and what they would be doing and what, and most importantly, what would they be saying no to? And of course they came back the next week and they said, this is what we do. And actually I can see it. And what she did is laid off, not all of that, but about 20 to 30%. And then guess what? Over another three months working through this, they ended up getting down to that 50% to be able to turn the level of profit that they needed to in order to maintain their business. Because I was like, I understand you're doing it, but you're, you're breaking even or losing money. How often do you, how long do you want to do this for?
1: Right. Because as revenue grows, what most people do, they just keep adding, adding, adding. I'm like, you're
0: you're trying to add revenue, but the revenue, the cost per what you're, you're doing for the hires isn't making sense. Like you're breaking even at best and you're spending all this amount of time putting into it and you're not making money.
1: I think that's such a great exercise to do. I mean, quarterly, monthly, monthly. I mean, regardless, I mean, I I think it's such a, it's so telling on who actually is, who are the right people to have in your organization. Um, and who I mean, who rises to the occasion, who can actually has has more bandwidth, and you're not actually pouring into them as much. Um, who you thought you should keep, but maybe is actually not the right person because they they aren't willing to take on more, even though they have, maybe have the skill set, but they maybe don't have the right drive or motivation to work with less resources. Yeah, and work a little harder for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. And you know, the the other thing is like, I reminded when Steve Jobs came back into Apple, right? Apple was working on 200 different products. They had 90 days left of cash. Most people know that story. He came in, fired all the board members except for one to get him out of there so he had actually could actually go and execute on what he needed to do. He laid off a tremendous amount of people and brought them down from focusing on working on 200 different things down to 10 and then ultimately the next 30 days they came down and worked on one. And he eliminated all the other people except for the people that were relevant onto that particular function. And by the way, apple hasn't really changed that since 97 we're talking 23 years later they still produce a phone <laughs> i mean seriously, i know it was a couple other couple things, of things. But i mean yeah, it was the yeah. ipod back back then but you get yeah, the point right yeah. they've stayed re- they didn't like get it in the restaurants and they didn't get another thing like they stayed really focused on what they wanted to do and they become extremely profitable for it so what you when you're doing this when you part of the exercise is how would you operate 50 percent of your staff what you're also asking is is what is my business working on it doesn't matter
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: That's the, and this is and then once, once you understand what matters the most, the decisions become easy.
1: Do you think? That, you just pause that. Yeah, say, like
0: yeah. that once, once you understand what matters most in your business, the decisions become actually very clear. Mm. They just do. Like if you're a sports team and you realize I need a quarterback, who do you hire? A quarterback. You don't go out and get a lineman. I know no, I can't that do She's like, what, those things. <laughs> yeah. But Like When you're in your business, if you need if you need a CFO, right? And that's like your next position. Don't go out and hire three marketing people, right? right? Like right. go hire a CFO. That becomes most well, marketing will help me get sales. Well, <laughs> stop, go hire your CFO, build that back up, and then re- then figure out what it is that you need to do. What was the question you're going to ask, Kylie?
1: Yeah, it was just, I mean, do you think that a lot of people are, and the Steve Jobs is a great example, but a lot of people are a f- afraid to make those tough decisions because they're a fear of judgment or a fear of other people's perception of them. And how, like, how would you coach somebody through that?
0: Well, isn't that the only reason why somebody wouldn't make that decision? Well, (laughs) yeah,
1: I guess, I guess so. I mean, maybe one is that they don't necessarily know what the answer is and they go to coaches or they go to advisors or board members and they help them actually make the concrete decision. Once they know what to do, a lot of people are afraid to do it because fear of, of judgment or public perception or, How do you, I mean, I know that you've worked through that so well. So how how have you done that?
0: Well, I think, you know, to answer, I would say 95% of people probably know what to do, at least know where to start. Yes. They know where to start. They know what to do. They may be telling themselves they're not clear and they need validation so that when they go and actually execute, they don't blame it on themselves. That's really what people are saying when they're saying, I don't really, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do you just are looking for somebody else to verify that. So when you actually go out and do this, you can blame it on somebody else or just say, well, they told me to go do it.
1: Or it delays, or it, it delays the actually well, having to do it. It do takes
0: the sting off yeah. of you because somebody else is now telling you to go do these different things. So that's first and foremost, maybe 5% of the time people actually really need help and to like, I worked with a, an owner of a company yesterday that just called me up and, they wanted to know like hey i want to people are asking me to change my entire business model and i walked them through i said no no, no you're, you're you're reacting to a situation right now i said let's test that let's do this for 60 days let's see what it looks like through this time and we walked into the model and They're like that's a, so that there is a there's a time and a place to walk people through models and for your own business is about to test things out you not know, make a change a dramatic change to your to your organization in these times you may end up doing that but you don't have to do it drastically right um so the the second part of the question was you know how do you what was it this i mean once
1: question. you once you know what to oh, do it's to really about, it's about communicating or yeah. most people know what to do but they're not doing it because of fear of judgment yes. or um bad press or any of it yeah or any are you of that. feeling
0: you know like they're letting people down guilt. any of those things, yeah right? guilt decision. all yeah. of that stems and comes down to if you are Still looking for validation and verification from others from externally, you will be paralyzed by making these decisions. If you wake up, right? So we wake up, business spirituality, and realize I'm already fed inside. I am okay. Therefore, what you do in the external world, you really don't care. It doesn't mean you don't care about people, you don't care about their judgment of you. And so then you end up like, wow, that was a silly thing I said there, or that was really crazy. And then you're able to operate like a fierce competitor, because you're not allowing other people to dictate your decisions. Because when you stop and you go, I'm really worried about what they're thinking. It just prevented you from actually doing the things you need to do. Do Doing right. The uh, tough decisions. So what it all boils down to is the reason why people don't want to make decisions is because they're afraid of what other people are going to think. That's really what it comes down to because they say, and they could, they, what if, what if people just start talking about me and they, they, do they will, okay, let's, just get that out there, right? The minute you move from the sidelines in the middle of the arena and you're running around in the yellow shirt and everyone's got a black shirt on, they're going to yell at you, right? They're going to, everyone's going to say, so just, you have to, to be make, make willing peace with
1: that. Yeah. to make
0: peace with the fact that people are going to talk, right? People are going to talk, people are going to say things, and if you allow yourself to operate from that place of fear from that place of insecurity that from that place of needing the external world validation if you need that then it'll freeze you from making very tough decisions
1: and how in your in your head are you thinking when you're making these tough decisions are you thinking the uh the people who matter the most matter more than anything yeah and and who are the who are those people in our company and your family and whatever so that it does make those decisions easier because you're right every people are going to talk about you and the company and whatever, no matter what you, no matter what you do. So, but we let that go or you let that, that noise go because you know, you're making the right decision for those people that. Yeah. People that matter matter the the most most. matter more than
0: anything else, right? Whether that is people in your.
1: Trying to understand your thought process. Yeah, I know.
0: People (laughs) that matter the most matter more than anything else, right? So therefore decisions become easy. Most people though are living the opposite. They're living so that, Hey, the people that know them the least, like them the most. And the people that know them the most like them the least. It's just unfortunate, that's so. Because you go, I will yell at my partner, but if I go talk to a stranger in that same second, I'm so nice to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Instead of waking up and going, that's just backwards, right? Like, why do it you, is. why you owe, do people do that? Well, because they're still trying to be fed from the outside. It's all through what it comes down to. It's why I love bringing the the spiritualness, the personal growth side, this whatever what do you whatever word makes sense to you into this, because this is what it's about. The minute you can let go of that, and I don't mean like you renounce it. Because if you're renouncing that, then you're, whatever that word (laughs) is, renouncing, renouncing, renouncing that, right? If you're renouncing that out there, all you're doing is you're, you're just, you're just doing the same thing. You're just doing it. Like, I don't care about them. That's not going to matter. Like, I hate them. That's not the way you operate either. You're not like, you're not saying that, right? You're not, um, renouncing them from that. What you're doing is you're just saying, let them. good. Maybe I'll get something from you. Give me all your criticism. Maybe 5% of it's true. I need to hear it. Great. I love to 95%. Maybe you just got an argument with somebody. And you're yelling at me. Okay, fine. Just tell me, I'll listen to 5% of it though. Right. So when you go there and you're like, thank you for yelling at me. <laughs> Cause then when you're not fighting that, there's no energy. There's yeah. no resistance to it. Then you can operate from a place of clarity. That's what the best business people let all that go. Right. They're just, they don't realize what they're doing. They're just, they're just not concerned with it that much. The people that get caught up in the drama, I started this entire conversation by saying, you bring drama into reality and this is what happens. When you bring your, when referring to the drama, it's just bringing your personal agenda or how you feel based on making other people outside feel a certain way. So then they can talk good about you.
1: Right. Or, or a lot of t- people get caught up in that drama because it's, they want to feel certain. Well, exactly. Well, because certainly,
0: well, when you're not doing much and then you can go stir up drama, you feel good
1: right well you feel like you're doing something when you're talking oh well, no
0: you feel like you feel like this rush yeah it's the same rush that somebody gets running a marathon or the same rush that somebody gets by committing a crime right like i had a friend that was extremely intelligent i mean just one of the most smart he would literally go and steal things in college because he needed the rush i'm serious like that's why people do everything they do is because it turns them on
1: Right, it they're looking for a yes. feeling.
0: So when people go, hey, I'm the biggest victim here, I'm the biggest victim there, it gives them a feeling of upward mobility, right? It makes them feel it's higher. Significant, yeah. If people go get into a fist fight, whether they win or lose, it doesn't matter. Oh, man, it turned me on, I felt alive, right? Or if I go and like I, you know, people can... You, you, you do a whole bunch of different things in business yeah just, just stop it at that Right? I was like I'm not, yeah, just, what, but, what are you going like, to say there we'll stop there but like <laughs> people can just that's why people do everything they do so when you wake up you realize the reason why people are operating the way they're operating is all about to turn them on they're trying to use the external world to make them feel okay it's like I'm really thirsty and I have this pitcher of water and I'm going to pour it out <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what people do because it's like, it's so indirect, right? Instead of going like, that's literally like you're throwing your energy out instead of using it to lift you up. And then once you actually start realizing that you can be fed inside and you allow that to lift you up, you, then you're no longer caught up in the garbage externally. So then you're like, oh, if somebody needs to talk to me. Great. I'll pick up the phone, and talk to them. Right. They don't have a tough conversation. Right. They're like, I don't know what to say to them. Like, you just let it all go and you just pick up the phone. It's, it's fine. Like, it's a phone call. You're spinning around the earth. that has been spinning around for almost 14 billion years. I promise you can handle hundred of them. <laughs> (laughs) Right, so when you when you let all that go, then the decisions just become easy. They show up. You don't even have to think about them like you're thinking about things now, because when you think about a decision, all you do is you go, "Okay, I got to make that decision." But then what is Jenny gonna think? But then what are they gonna do? What is gonna do for this? What are gonna what are gonna do that? Then what if that happens? And what if the press gets a load of this? There's one. There's there's willful thinking when you go, "Okay, if I let that person go, what responsibilities are my team gonna have to have? What I'm gonna have to say no to?" That's different. That's that's using your mind to then plan if you're removing a position or a product or a service from your company.
1: Right, you do, because s- smart business owners do want to see what all of the implications of a decision exactly. are. Exactly. So we you, talk about those yes. before we made all of these decisions and uh, for a couple of days, right? Yes. I mean, we talked about what what are what are the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What are the consequences going to be yes. of this decision? Yep. Um that's different though. Yes.
0: It's different. Like if, if somebody cuts you off in a car, right? And you get all fired up, right? And they're driving 10 miles over speed and you're yelling at them and different things. That is bringing your personalness to the reality, the drama to reality. Instead of using your mind going, okay, I'm going to put my blinker on. I'm going to pass them. I'm going to speed up. I'm going to accelerate. And you're still using your mind to get around them. You're not using your mind to make your disturbance that just happened feel okay. And that's what people are doing. So they're trying to go, well, if I make this decision, then how am I going to have to control the disturbance that happens? Because that's all you're trying to do is when things go wrong inside, when you get disturbed inside, you then go to your mind to say, fix this. That's what you do, right? You just do. You, you, when a disturbance happens or a problem happens, you go, mind, fix this. And the mind goes, yep, I'm up for the job. <laughs> and then it tells you all the things you need to do to fix the disturbance instead of going, why don't I just let disturbance go? Why do I need my mind to fix this? I only need my mind to fix this so that I can feel okay. Well, why don't you just let it all go and you'll feel okay. (laughs) Then you use your mind for what it's supposed to be used for willful thinking to create consequences, to create action plans, to create business roadmaps, to visualize what it's going to look like in six months from now and then working backwards. That's what you use your mind for, right? Not the drama into any situation that you're coming into. So that's why people... That's why people have fear around decisions.
1: As we're making these tough decisions, like we talked about, they're so most of the tough decisions revolve around people. Or even if they don't revolve around a person specifically, it's, a, it's about communicating yeah. to that person. How are How do you go about communicating these really tough decisions with clarity? What's best for the business? but also with that responsibility to the individual and, and showing that care and compassion.
0: Yeah. It's like the humanity question, right? Like, it's like, do you, do you just turn off your feelings? So you don't feel anything. Understand there's, there's a, this is a great, and this is a deep question. Um, let me, cause I'm going to bring it to this level. Thank you, Caitlin. Yes. Caitlin asked the question. <laughs> it, was not me. Um, it was It was a great <laughs> question. the The difference is, is when something, when reality is unfolding, it doesn't mean you don't feel it. So it doesn't mean you tune out. When you're making a decision and the events unfolding, you will feel for the person, right? The difference is, do I block it or do I resist it? Do I cling to it? Instead of allowing it to just experience through you. So you're experiencing it with the person, right? If you, if somebody dies near you, you don't show up at the funeral being like, this is amazing. Like, this is great. That's just weird. You experience reality. You're going through a tough time the difference is do you allow the experience to come through you just listen like i know it's probably maybe lost somebody there but this is the essence of this when you're making these tough decisions you're dealing with humanity of it i understand i am going to hurt because this is happening right you're going through a divorce it's going to hurt do you resist it or do you fight it when you're laying somebody off it's and they've you know they've poured their heart and soul into your company for a period of time or it's a really tough time for them to do it do you just not feel for them? No, of course you feel for them. You feel for them, but you don't, and you allow the experience of what that feels like to come through to you. It doesn't, you don't allow that to prevent you from making the decision.
1: That is, feels fair. Yes. I get that. It like, we still want to feel it for us. What about the person?
0: Well, they're going to They the different. Then you go right back to their seat, right? Are they allowing the experience to come through? So if you're experiencing this, are you fighting with your employer because they had to make a tough decision, right? Are you? So yeah,
1: but you as the the leader or the the person making the decision, how are you communicating those sorts of things with humanity and compassion? Not just worrying about how you are feeling, because yeah. that's important. Yes, I get you want to let to let that go, but how are you ta- tactically or actually doing that? the best way, communicating these tough decisions the best way. If they've
0: been there for a while, you can give severance. If you can can do that, you can help grab their resume. You can help support them. You can write a letter of recommendation. You can help refer them to other people. You can help them along tactfully in terms of getting into the next opportunity. Then you can also provide guidance for them, right? Um, So when you're letting people go, it's like, hey, look, I know this feels tough right now. I just know it does. I know it's going to be a challenge, but I promise you, in 90 days and six months, you may not feel it right now, but if you allow the experience to unfold in 90 days and six months, you look back and go, "Wow, this was a really cool. This 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 is this was the best benefit of my life." If you were willing to look at it that way, but if somebody, if somebody on the other side just resists the the reality of what's happening, right? An economic downturn, people are resisting the fact that they cannot move forward they're now stuck in this bubble of anger and jealousy and hatred, right? Instead of going, yeah, I don't like the way this feels, but man, I'm going to experience it. And then, cause that'll allow you to get through it faster. And then with more clarity, you'll come out on the other side to open up to something else that opens up for you. And so you can walk them through this. I mean, when you, when I've personally let people go, I've talked to them about those different things. How are you feeling right now? I know this feels tough. It feels tough for me too. I don't like this. You don't like this. It's the situation. Here's some advice that I can give to you. Just imagine what it's going to look like in 60, 90, or hundred days when you've worked your way through this. Maybe you're an awesome job. Maybe this has opened up a door for you that you've always wanted to open up. What does that look like? Get you focused on, I want you to experience this. And then what does it look like on the other side of this? Just like we started out in this conversation and then just start working towards that doesn't mean each day you're just going to like let it go and it's going to be brilliant tomorrow no you may experience the reality of the situation for a week a month or whatever it is right just allow that to go through and then you decide
1: do you find that you have those types of conversations with people in um that you're kind of laying off or there's a, that reduction in force not necessarily with people who have performance issues yes exactly. okay right.
0: That's, people have performance issues it's That's, like you're not Yes, it's a different situation, right, right. right? It's like, hey, you know what? I really appreciate it. This is the organization might not just be the right fit for you, right. right? I mean, that's different. When you're having a reduction of force, you have to make really tough decisions. It's out of that person's control. Even when people are not performing, you still feel for them. Yeah. Like, people are like, I can't wait to get that person out of there. I never felt like that. I've executed layoffs many times in my life and I've never felt like that. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. But I also know I have to do it for the organization. Let me help you get through this. You may not be the right fit for me, but let me tell you, I will always use, and by the way, and you can testify to this, I've also approached it the same way when people are leaving.
1: Right. Yes. So when
0: people come to me and tell me they need to leave, I've never once got upset about that. I've never once brought my own drama into it, maybe way early on, but I have always been, I'll support you. This may not feel good to me. <laughs> it may feel better to you because <laughs> you're moving on to something else or whatever you're doing, or you're excited about the new novelty of something. This doesn't feel good for me, but I'm going to let that part of me go and I'm going to support you. So it works both ways. And so I'm not just on it for just when I'm in control of it. There's people are going to come and leave you too. And that happens. I don't get so many people. I can't believe they left. Really? Why? <laughs> because people leave and come all the time.
1: Do you ever try to... Um, make it work, of course. Or you just say, ah, eh, okay, I'm letting them. I'm letting it go. I'm letting them go.
0: If it's somebody, well, first thing you do is, is, if it's somebody that's really important, you always try to be working ahead of time, so that you're tying them financially. You're tying them to. Um, you're giving them extra benefits. People that really matter the most. Or just
1: tying them with mission, vision, yeah, and opportunity, all, all, yeah.
0: culture, your financially, all those different things. You're building moats around them, right? If people are indispensable to your company, you b- try to build a moat around them as best you can, right? Doesn't always mean it's going to, but you try to build. The motor around them best as can now when and then when people like that want to leave can we work but the more majority of the time um
1: so i I feel like it has less to do about the with the company right so it doesn't even matter what the company would offer that person it's
0: well like when you left right there was no you needed to leave
1: yeah, it I had nothing to do with the company.
0: I think company. I, I think I was, I may have said like, "Is this workable?" And you're like, "I didn't do this." And I said, "Okay." Yeah. I didn't try to like, "Hey, let's let's work through this next sixty days." I could see it in you that you needed to do. i have been this.
1: working through it for like
0: exactly, exactly <laughs> a long time. And I had, I had a very valued employee last year come to me and said, "Hey, I got a huge raise or offer from this job, and um, and I don't want to leave, mm. but let's work through this." Mm. Then that was an opportunity. Okay, well, let's. Right. Well, that's I think that I actually had, asked the question. Yeah. I said. Do you want to leave, or do you want to figure out a way to make this work?
1: Right, that was different. If, yeah. And they
0: said, "Well, I'd rather f- stay here and figure out this way." Well, great, let's start there, and then you can work. But in your case, I could see like it was very clear that like you needed to right. forget about whether you even wanted to. You needed to yes for your own thing. So I think you as a leader, if you're not. An, that's why I say if you, but if I had brought in my own drama into that, like how dare Hallie do this or how dare Aaron, you know, somebody else be looking for, you know, opportunities out there. You know, a couple months ago we had one of our BlackRock people got an offer a job and I'm like, how dare they even look at like past what people do. I'm like, you don't own these people.
1: <laughs> you know what? I think you told me this or I don't remember where I heard this, but, um, you should encourage your team members and yeah. your employees to be interviewing yes. elsewhere for a couple of reasons. And, um, one being it's, just, it's good for them to know what else is out there. Um, they can compare salaries. And here's the thing. Your company, our company, always looks better. Yes. And, and I think that some people just think the grass is greener on the other side. And, and when you go down that path and you realize allowing them to realize how great they have it is, is, is a great thing.
0: Yeah. it it looks better for the people that want to be part of our culture. Yes. It may not look better for everybody, but it looks better for people who want to be a part of the conversation that we're having and want to be part of that.
1: Right. right? And freedom and autonomy and flexibility and growth and opportunity and compensation and, and all, and all of that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And those are the people you want to keep. So then you're not worried. It's like, you know, if your child wants to go study abroad or go add to another state for a little while if you don't let them they're always going to be thinking i need to get out of here i need to get out of here when i left to go live in australia I it made me realize like, actually you know, I thought for sure I was going to be out of Vermont. Vermont can't handle me. Right. Type thing. And then I was like, I don't want to leave Vermont. So right. it just puts things in the perspective, grass and greener perspective
1: yeah. on there. Yeah. So when
0: it comes to making very tough decisions, just to kind of recap this, right? Number one is make sure that you clear yourself. And I think we did a good job. Listen to that part again about, you know, bring drama into any situation, right? Into the reality of it. You have to make a tough decision. Don't bring your drama in there. Make sure you stop for that. Um, and then... You know, think about it as if you're you're a board member, and a board member had asked you to what would it look like to work on fifty percent of your staff right now. Then start working backwards there. Think, you know, about, what, the think income, about the long term. Think about the long term outcome of these different things, and then bring your staff involved and get them and make it a game, right? Make it a game, not about layoffs, but just expense management, right? For all these different things about the or decisions what, you're about to make. Or whatever. Yeah. Right. You're going to do it. Bring everybody in that you can around that, and then execute.
1: Gather and yeah, gather all the info. Talk to who you need to talk to. Yes. And then make the best decision
0: yeah because everyone listen to this and, and then is, execute is probably a, if you listen this far you have a decision you're making you're looking for like the me to verify or validate your decision you did make right now you already know what to make it's the right decision you already yeah. know the decision to make and this is actually when you know this morning when Howie came in i said you know one of the reasons why when you lace when you when you have to let somebody go you the faster you can kind of move from that then the faster you actually pick up the pieces and figure out what needs to happen and you move forward faster instead of being like hey let's just let's just get another week we need to we need to get this from them and no no, no. like maybe a day or two or something along those lines but or you,
1: yeah you're right it, it, it will it, get really messy exactly but it'll get messy for like three days four days and it'll be fine
0: hey before you jump off i want to let you all know about a free course that we just launched to really help everybody navigate through all of the challenges that we're all facing right now and really how to navigate these through a place of clarity. It's called Thrive Every Day, how to lead yourself and others in a new business landscape. And look, it's running for four weeks with two 30-minute sessions per week. And the reason why we have the two 30-minute sessions is to really make sure that we're pivoting on information and bringing it to you um, in real time. As things come into play, we wanna make sure we're bringing you all the information that we can so that you can continue to thrive personally with your family and in your business uh carrie heibel breiner our president of coaching is going to be running it but guess what i will be jumping in throughout as well too to kind of share some nuggets of what we're seeing uh, in the business landscape in in terms of just uh overall clarity during these times as well too so we're really looking forward to you uh jumping into this it has already started but all of the recordings are available and you can watch on on demand anytime we're kind of like that new universal studios they're releasing movies out right now we're releasing this Whatever you want to as well too so jump into those make sure you're listening to them share them if they're great for you Uh, love to hear from you so go to adamhergenrother forward slash thrive to sign up for the course and we will see you there